0: that aside and all of that said okay we're going to begin a new series today and um the title of the series that we are going to be um looking at is money talks money talks tell the person next to you money talks it's a play on words by the way because we're going to be having talks on money and then money talks as if you okay when you wake up you'll you'll get it and um It's funny because when I was driving to church this morning I remembered a few years ago in our church when I spoke about the fact that we were going to be starting a series on money and I remember the reaction of one of the ladies in the congregation and it was funny because to give you some context the week before we had finished another series and uh, she said to me Pastor Kay, There's someone that I wanna bring to church, a friend of mine, he's not been in church for ages, he's not been in church for a while, Um, he's really put off church, he doesn't like the fact that church talks about money all the time and every time he's decided that he's gonna go back to church and he steps in, they're always talking about money and I said, invite him, bring him along, tell him to come along next Sunday. So she invited him next Sunday and I stood up there and said, we're gonna begin a series on money. And her eyes just popped out of her head. Like, really, Pastor K? Because how many of you know that there's always that Sunday you invite someone to church, and then that's when the pastor wants to talk about money or speaking in tongues or something that you're like, oh, pastor, why today? Okay. But what was interesting is that at the end of the series, that guy, not sorry, not at the end of the series, at the end of that service, that was the first Sunday of the series, that guy actually gave his life to Christ. And the reason why I didn't say to her that we were going to talk on money next week is because she likely wouldn't have invited him and he wouldn't have received what he wanted to receive and needed to receive. And I just want to remind us that we are not to try and be the Holy Spirit. Our job is to invite and let the Holy Spirit do the rest, okay? But I say that also to say that money is not something that we've ever been afraid to talk about here at the Cornerstone Church. And it's, it's not a subject that we will be afraid to talk about in future. I totally understand that relate the relationship between the church, and by that I mean the body of Christ, that whole, not the Cornerstone Church, but the church and money hasn't always been the best. But we won't be afraid to talk about money here at the Cornerstone Church because money is a heart issue. And in everything that God does, he looks at the heart of a person because he wants to ensure that he fully has your heart. And money shows us where your heart is. Money shows us if there's idolatry in your heart because God said thou shalt have no other gods apart from him. Money shows us where your priorities are because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Not where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Money shows us where your priorities are because the Bible tells us that we should seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added on to us. But money also shows us who your master is. Because the Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon. And many of us don't understand what the Bible means when it says mammon. But throughout this series, which is going to be quite different to the money series that you would have received previously in this church, you're going to learn what it actually means to serve mammon. The other reason why we talk about money is because we want to be Christ-like. And Christ spoke about money to a significant degree when he was here on earth, with some scholars arguing that one third, if not one quarter of the parables that Jesus told were about money. And so today I begin the series with a message entitled Faith and Our Finances. Faith and Our Finances. So do me a favor, turn to the person next to you and say, Faith and Our Finances. And if you could start the timer, for me, please. Turn with me, please, to First Timothy chapter 6. And I'm going to read verse 10. And as always, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. It reads as follows. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Immediately, we learn something important about money from just looking at this opening scripture. We see that to want money or to have money in and of itself is not a bad thing. However, we do see that to love money leads to all kinds, of evil all kinds of evil because it can lead to greed it can lead to pride it can lead to a dependency on riches it can lead to idolatry it was the love of money that caused Delilah to betray Samson some would argue it was the love of money that caused Judas to betray Jesus And the reality is, is that God will not entrust you with riches or wealth or money in any way, shape or form if he knows that it will affect your spiritual walk or your faith walk in any way, shape or form. And we see from the word of God a number of things that we can learn about earning. Someone say earning. That we can learn about spending. Someone say spending. And that we can learn about stewarding. Someone say stewarding. We see a number of things from the word of God that we can learn about earning, spending and stewarding our finances as believers. And I will say from the very beginning that I don't believe that any of the things that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning are fairly new to you. I don't believe that. However, what you may not have appreciated is how these things that I'm going to share with you are actually deep rooted financial principles from the Word of God. And what I want to do in the time that we have together is speak to you about three things you ought to do with your finances. Three things you ought to do with your finances. Are you ready for number one? Just the left side. Are you ready for number one? Okay, number one, pay off your debts. (laughs) I say it again, pay off your debts. Romans chapter 13 and verse 8 says, O oh, no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. O oh, no one anything except to love one another. Psalm 37, verse 21. Listen to this The wicked borrows but does not repay. The wicked borrows but does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. Now when it comes to debt, of course there is good debt and bad debt. There are assets and liabilities and you need to know the difference between them. However, the scripture tells us that it is wicked people who lend and do not repay. Question, have you ever had, some, had someone in your life who's, um, owed you money, and acted like they couldn't pay you back. But then you're wondering how they paid for that holiday they're going on. Or how is it that they're ordering everything on the menu that comes up to more than what they owe you as they sit across the table from you? Tell the person next to you, I hope you're not that person that he's talking about. Lending isn't the issue. Owing is the issue. If you borrow, pay it back. Pay it back on time, because you can always come again, and you can keep doors open. I remember several years ago, I borrowed some money from a friend, and he asked me, how long is it going to take for me to pay it back? I said four weeks, but I intended to pay him back in two. And when I paid him back in two weeks, he said, Wow. Not have you not just paid me back earlier than I expected? I didn't have to chase you down for the money that you owed me. And he said to me, Kunle, if you are ever in trouble again, you can always come to me because you have proven that you are faithful and honest with paying me back. And he said to me, there are some people that when I lend them money, I have to chase them down and they don't understand that they've closed that door forever. And I understand because I've been on that side of the coin also where I have lent someone money and they've said to me three weeks and three months later, I still haven't seen that money. And when you do that, you close those doors and you stop that opportunity from being there for you again in future. I always say that when you delay, when you are dishonest, when you cross the road, when you see that person come in, you close doors. And I always say to people, don't play with people's money. Pay off people you owe and be honest to your word. And if you can't pay when you said, call and explain. Explain to them, but don't ignore their texts. Don't pretend like you didn't see their missed call. Don't ignore them when you see that they are online on WhatsApp. Be integral in paying people back. Because it's the wicked who borrows and does not pay it back. Tell the person next to you, pay it back. Now, aside from paying people off, it is important that you also pay off companies that you owe. I don't know if you're aware or not, but since the pandemic, of course, online shopping has increased, home improvement purchases have increased, home exercise equipment has increased, and guess what else has increased with that? Credit card debt. Experts are saying that we are headed for a credit card debt crisis. To be honest, I think we are there already. And I understand that when it comes to debt, at times you might use a credit card to build your credit initially. I understand that. But please remember, there is no such thing as free money. There is no such thing as free money. And if you don't pay it back before that special offer expires, you are going to trigger another level of debt with compounding interest that's only gonna make things worse for you. So please, please, please be mindful of how you use them, if you are using them, and do everything you can. Put a plan in place to make sure that you can pay them off and avoid debt spiraling, spiraling out of control. And I say credit card, but it applies to all forms of debt, including loans that you may have as well. Someone say pay off your debts. Now, though my first point majors on paying off people and also paying off companies, I also want to add that we are to give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, meaning we ought to be paying our taxes. Now, for many of you, this isn't an issue because a good number of you are P A Y E, you are pay as you earn. So your tax has gone before it's reached your HSBC account. It's gone. So you don't have that challenge at all. But for those of us who are limited company directors, for those of us who are self-employed, for those of us who earn an additional income outside of our PAYE, we are expected to pay our taxes. And you guys are staring at me like I just <laughs> blasphemed in here. <laughs> we are expected to pay our taxes. And here's why. Romans tells us that we are subject to the law of the land. And I want to show you how the dialogue in Matthew 22 between Jesus and the Pharisees relates to all of us and all of us paying our taxes. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 22 and let's read from verse 15 onwards. Matthew chapter 22 from verse 15. 15. It says, then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians saying, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius and he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Just to give you some context to the scripture that we read in Matthew 22, the Pharisees are testing Jesus to see if it's lawful for them to pay their taxes. And Jesus says, show me the tax money, which was a denarius. When he takes the denarius, on it is is an inscription of Caesar. Now the Pharisees, who were a Jewish social movement, asked Jesus this question, not just because they were testing Jesus, but they actually did not want to pay their taxes to the Romans. On that denarius was an inscription of Caesar, but also there was a word on there that would be translated as divine, as if to say the emperor was divine. And the Jews didn't like that. So they would try to find any way they could to get out of paying their tax money to the Romans. But Jesus says, hold on a second, whose inscription is on it? And he's like, well, if it's Caesar's inscription on it, then you need to give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, okay? In other words, you need to pay your taxes. And please note that when Jesus said this, he himself was submitting to the law of the land, and he was leading by example to each and every one of us that we ought to pay our tax because not did he just pay his taxes in this scripture if you go back and read Matthew 17 you will see that Jesus also pays his tax in that chapter as well so Jesus paid his taxes and was an example for each and every one of us to do the same now question how many of you have a coin on you anyone have a coin on them if you have a coin grab a coin I know we live in a cashless society now But if you have a coin, just grab a coin, and um, it doesn't matter what coin it is, if it's one pence, if it's five pence, if it's a pound coin or a two pound coin, grab a coin, and when you grab that coin, and for those of you watching online, you can grab a coin as well. We're gonna put a coin up on the screen as well. I have a question for you for those of you that can just about see that coin. Whose inscription does it have on it? The queen, soon to be our new king. But actually, the image represents the monarchy as a whole, to which, amongst many other things, our taxes go to. Because when you pay your tax, HMRC collects it, But then HM Treasury take a lump sum of that and pay it in what is referred to as the sovereign grant to the monarchy after the sovereign grant was passed, or shall I say the sovereign grant act was passed in 2011. And that grant that they give to the monarchy covers everything to do with their day-to-day living, their estates, their building, their staffing costs. It covers everything. Does anyone have an idea as to how much that grant was in the last financial year, by any chance? Anyone want to guess? How much? 3.2 million? Billion? Not that much. 86 million, okay? They receive 86 million, and it covers everything that they need to do. But on the coin that you have in your hand on the back, You will see that there's an inscription that says Elizabeth II De Gratia Regina Fidei Defansantrix. I'm sure it's not pronounced like that, but you will see the abbreviation of D-E-I-G-R-A-R-E-G-F-I-D-D-E-F, if it's a latest coin. If it's an older coin, it would just have DG, it would just have the letters. Do you see that on the back of your coin? Okay. Does anyone know what that means? It is Latin, that's correct, okay, it is Latin, and unless you can read Latin, can anyone here read Latin? No? Okay, those of you online, you want to put it in the chat? What it means, is a Latin abbreviation which means Elizabeth II, by the grace of God, queen and defender of our faith. That's what it means, okay? But I go back to the question that I asked a moment ago, Whose inscription does it have on it? The Queen, representing the monarchy. So, therefore, we are to render unto them what God says we should. Whether we like them or not, whether we feel like they are using it correctly or not is not the issue. We are to render unto them what we are to render unto them. And in Romans, Paul, speaking the word of God, says that God put this authority in place and that we are to be subject to these bodies. So whether we like it or not, whether we think that the tax man is a thief or not, pay your taxes. Tell the person next to you, pay your taxes. Okay. And so when it comes to paying off your debts, pay off credit cards, pay off loans, pay off people you own, And if you know that you have not been filing your taxes, give unto Caesar, which is Caesar's, and pay off your debts. Okay, number two, second point today. Save and live within your means. Save and live within your means. I think people often forget that Jesus had a treasurer. And the reason why he had a treasurer is because he wanted to ensure that his finances were stewarded well. And that he would have money when he needed it the most. And as a result of this, we actually see examples of how Jesus budgeted and stewarded money in the word of God. So there'll be examples like John 4, and we can't turn there now, but you can turn there in your own time. There'll be examples like John chapter 4, where Jesus goes to Samaria and he sees the woman at the well. When you read that story, if you read it carefully... The word of God tells us that when we got there, the disciples were sent away to go and buy food, not get food, buy food, use money to get food. They had a a long journey, they had money on them. Jesus is going to talk to the woman at the well. The disciples are going to buy food. This is an example of Jesus using his money. Take another example. Jesus feeding the 5,000. Not including women and children in those days. So it would have been 5,000 families, which would have meant about 20,000 people. The disciples say, Jesus, these people need to eat. On this occasion, Jesus looks at the 20,000 and says, I'm not spending my money on 20,000 people. What do we have? And he takes the bread and the fish. Many of you know the story from the young boy. And he multiplies what. They have. On one occasion, he's like, We can spend money. On another occasion, he looks out and he says, Now, this one, we're going to have to use what we've got. And I say that metaphorically to say, I know that you're not Jesus, but sometimes rather than spending, you have to look at what you have and make use of what you have. I like to make a joke, and this joke is directed to the women. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll just put it out there. I like to say, Men, we recycle shirts, women buy dresses. And women, you know what I'm talking about. You bought a dress that you planned to wear to that wedding that you didn't wear because it didn't go with the green shoes and it's still in your cupboard 10 months later and you can't return it because it's past the return date and you say you plan to wear it but it joins the other clothes that still have tags on it. Don't worry, it's okay, we still love you, no judgment, it's okay, it's all right. I remember going to a wedding one week, I had four weddings in one week, four weddings in one week. And I remember I was gonna see some of the same people at at least two of those weddings. And I said to them up front, I said, listen, I ain't got time. You see this same suit, okay? You're gonna see it again this week. I ain't got time to be trying to find another suit. Different shirt, different tie, same suit. Because sometimes you have to use what you have rather than trying to get yourself into debt or spending money unnecessarily to impress people who don't care and who won't remember what you were wearing two days after that wedding. At least one person's with me today, okay. (laughs) But here's the thing. Saving comes at a cost, no pun intended. It may cost you because you can't keep buying new clothes. You can't go on every holiday you want. You can't attend every social gathering. Sometimes you have to tell yourself there is rice and stew at home. You can't do it. You can't buy everything you would like all the time. But listen to this. If you are not careful, pride will cause you to spend because you feel that you need to keep up with the Joneses. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 7 says this. Listen to this carefully. Listen to the first part of this verse. Think about this. It says this. There is one who makes himself rich yet has nothing. Think about that. Proverbs 13, 7, there is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing. This is the type of person who drives a Range Rover, but then goes around asking people to lend them a tenner to get food or to top up their electricity key. Make themselves rich, yet has nothing, because they want to keep up with the Joneses. The second part of that verse says, and there's one who makes himself poor, lives within his means, yet has great riches. I don't know about you, but my scripture, the word of God, in my Bible, says in Proverbs 10.22, the blessings of God make one rich and adds no sorrow to it. It's one thing to buy a car, it's another thing to maintain it. When I bought my Audi convertible, a friend of mine said to me, the problem is Kunle is not buying an Audi. He said, the problem is, is that Audi parts sometimes cost more than the car itself. It's one thing to buy it, it's another thing to maintain it. And I wanna encourage you to learn and save, and uh, sorry, to learn to save and live within your means. Now, me personally, I'm frugal. I'm not stingy, I'm frugal. I give money away, okay, I do. In fact, many of you may not know, but one of the spiritual gifts listed in the Bible is giving. There is something called the gift of giving. That comes up as number one every time I do a spiritual gift test. Okay, so I'm frugal. I'm not stingy. I give money away. My wife can testify to that. She's saying amen. She's enjoying the fruit of my labor. Okay. But I will tell you, I make the most of what I have. And I'm the type of person that until this black t-shirt confuses you and you don't know if it's grey or charcoal or if it's fashion or not, I ain't getting a new one, okay? I am that type of person. In fact, talking about my convertible, I ran my old convertible into the ground. Do you know when I decided to get a new car? Only after the reverse stopped working. And even then, I still drove it with the reverse not working. And I would forget, and every time I would forget and try to go into reverse and it wouldn't work, I'd have to turn off the car and leave it for 20 minutes. And I would forget, and I remember I would drive and I would do a U-turn. And you know when you don't fully do the U-turn and you need to reverse back a bit? And I'd try to reverse and I'd be like, oh, damn. (laughs) I'd have to put my hazard lights on and switch off the car. And I remember, for me, this was the final point. For me, I remember I went to a wedding and we were rushing to get into the to the reception and people were asking any space in your car I said yeah i got space jumping with me and they jumped in and i forgot the reverse wasn't working and i turned into a small road thinking i could reverse back out and my car said not today couldn't they? and i was blocking other cars from getting onto that road and the main road and i had to apologize to the people in the back and say don't worry by the grace of god we'll get there but i had to switch off the car but i ran that thing to the ground. I'm sure I was using the iPhone 6 like up until a few years ago. And people would say to me like, Kunle, you need a new phone. And i would say, listen, can I make calls on this one? Can I receive calls? Can I send texts Okay, fantastic. I'm not a photographer. I don't need a fantastic (laughs) camera. Okay, as long as I can make calls and receive calls. That's the type of person I am. But I do treat myself from time to time. And one thing I do do, which I encourage you to do, is save for where you're going, save for your future not just a rainy day. I'm a big saver. In fact, the last time we had a finance class, someone was speaking to me and my wife spoke to me about this as well. And I was telling them, I had a marriage fund set up where I would save towards my wedding day and my marriage when I was as single as they. Not when I was dating, not when there was someone in the picture, when I was as single as they. Because if you wait for the things that you are praying for to arrive before you prepare for them, you're in trouble in any phase of your life, not even just finances. If you say you want to get married and you're not preparing for that and you're waiting for the person to come, it's too late. You start preparing now. And one of the reasons why I had a marriage fund, and I'm not saying this because I'm trying to be mean to people that might be here today. I'm just saying I know me, okay? And I understand that everyone's situation is different. But the reason why I put my funds aside for my wedding day or for my marriage is because I didn't want to get to the place or space or time where I find the person that's right for me, then I have to wait six years to get married to them. That's just me personally. I wanted to be in a position where I could control circumstances, where I know that actually, as long as I know this person is right for me, then I'm in the position to choose whether it's going to be a year, two years or three years because I've got the funds there. And as I said, I'm not saying this because uh, I'm trying to be mean. I know everyone's situation is different. I've been there before. I've had loans taken out before to pay my rent. So I've been there. But thankfully, I've come from that to a place where I can save for my future. And I encourage you to do the same. Don't just save for a rainy day. Save for where you are going as well. Save and live within your means. Pride will tell you, everyone has got this, everyone has got that. Yes, you may desire it, but please know who you are. Please know what you can and you cannot afford. Your value is not in things. It's not the brand you wear. It's the brand that you are, okay? Therefore, your confidence cannot be in material things. There's a saying that says, pay yourself first. I say, pay yourself second. Why? Why? Because in that same Matthew 22, verse 21, Jesus said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Then he says to God, the things that are God's. So in other words, pay your tithes. Yes, I use the T word, pay your tithes and then put some aside for yourself. I don't care if it's 10 pounds. I don't care if it's 100 pounds. I don't care if it's one pounds. Get into the habit of saving. Get into the habit of putting something aside every time you can. And Jesus said that we should render unto Caesar, which is Caesar's, and unto God, which is God. And by the way, Jesus didn't use the word pay in the scripture. He didn't say pay unto Caesar, that which is Caesar's, and unto God, which is God. He doesn't use the word pay. He uses the word render. The reason why he uses the word render, because render means to serve or to give freely. The tithe is not yours. It's his. So he's not asking you to pay it. He's asking you to give it back to him someone say save and live within your means and my third point this morning in terms of what we should do with our finances is simply invest it someone say invest it now i'm not a financial advisor so i'm not going to tell you specifically where to invest it however there are three areas you should invest in And these three areas are as follows. Number one, invest in your financial intelligence. Invest in your financial intelligence. Now, for time purposes, we won't go there today, but in your own time, go and read Genesis 23, verses 1 through to 4. In that scripture, you will see that Abraham bought property to lay his wife to rest. And in fact, when you read the word of God, you see that many people bought and fought for land in the Bible. Now I'm fully aware that today we don't just buy land and property alone for funerals alone, but actually we may do so as an investment. We may do so for pension purposes, for retirement purposes, or even for just making an additional stream of income. Again, I'm not a financial advisor, so I'm not telling you specifically that you should invest In property. I can't and wouldn't tell you specifically what to invest in but what I would say is invest in your financial intelligence to know when, what and where you should invest should you choose to go into investments. I don't know if you've realized or not but a job is designed just to give you enough to get by. There are very few people who can get paid and not worry about their pay for the next two, three months. There are very few people who can get paid and wake up two, three months later and say, oh, I even forgot his payday, you know, wrong, oh, money's hit my cap. There are very few people that can do that. I don't know if you've noticed, but your pay is just enough to get you enough to the next payday. And it's designed that way. In fact, it said that how long it would take you to get to nothing if your pay stopped today, is an indication of how financially secure and stable you are. It's an indication of your net worth. If all of your finances were to seize, all of your income was to seize from this day forward, how long it would take you to get to zero, how long it would take you to get to broke, is an indication of your financial security, stability, and network. net worth. sorry. And on average, the average person In the UK, if their income stopped today, it would take them two to six months to go broke. Some of you are like, that long? (laughs) Pastor, (laughs) I was thinking four to six weeks. (laughs) Okay, It would take them that long. So have a think about that. How long would it take you to get to zero if you were to stop getting any income today? That's an indication of how financially secure you are. Reminds me of the Bill Gates uh, story. I don't know if you've heard or not, but they said if Bill Gates turned all of his money that he has into cash notes and put it under his mattress and rolled off his bed, it would take him about 20 minutes to hit the ground. Yeah. He'd be falling through the air for about 20 minutes. If he put all of his money in cash notes under his mattress and rolled off his bed, it would take him about 20 minutes to hit the ground. If me and you, (laughs) if we turned all the money that we have into cash notes and put it under our mattress, some of us will break the Guinness World Record how quickly we hit the ground. Now I understand not everyone is called to entrepreneurship. I understand that. However, I do believe that everybody is capable of using their mind to invest in their financial intelligence, to discover ways to develop multiple or an additional stream of income, so that if one dries up, you're not left in the lurch. But even failing that, I believe that everybody can invest in their financial intelligence to know how to increase their income, even within the workplace, and or lower their outgoings. This is why you don't want to miss the finance seminar next week. I specifically said to the guys, I want us to have a finance workshop that goes along with this series. And I spoke to Pastor Emmanuel and I said, could you speak to Emmanuel Asuquo and ask him if he would come and do a workshop for us? Because we can all invest in our financial intelligence. And here's the great thing about it, it's free. So come along, invite someone, bring a friend, bring a family, member along with you okay invest in your financial intelligence number two invest in your spiritual and personal growth invest in your spiritual and personal growth hosea chapter 4 verse 6 well known common bible verse it says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge this is where we stop reading the verse when we read it but actually it says because you have rejected knowledge i also will reject you from being priest for me because you have forgotten the law of your god I also will forget your children." I like to say that we live in a generation that loves to spend on material things above mental things. But the Bible says that God's people perished for the lack of knowledge, not because it wasn't there, but because it was rejected. The knowledge is there, we just have to be willing to invest in the knowledge, to grow our minds more than we do Material things alone. I always say, please don't be the person who is happy to pay free four figures for clothes, for shoes, but would never invest that in a conference or a seminar or a workshop for your own personal growth and development. I remember a number of years ago, I went to a university um, to speak, and at the end of my talk, I was talking about relationships, and at the end of my talk, I remember advertising another relationship seminar that I was going to be doing. And somebody asked me, how much does it cost? And I said, oh, it's it's £20 per person. And one of the students, a lady, stood up and said, £20 for a seminar? That's a bit much, isn't it? And I said, you're right. How much are your shoes? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. (laughs) And she sat back down. (laughs) Because we're always quick and happy to pay big money for material things. But when it comes to investing in our mind, we think twice, and it should never, ever be that way. Invest in your spiritual and personal growth. And number three, my final point today, invest in others. Invest in others. Aside from the areas in which we are to steward our finances, we know we are to give unto God, but we are also supposed to invest in others by giving to those in need. And that is one of the best investments you could ever make. Proverbs 19 verse 17 says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. I don't know about you, but if there's anyone you wanted to lend to, it would be God because he gives it back with great interest in every area of your life and in areas and things and ways that money itself cannot buy. But he also loves when we don't just give to the poor, but we give to those who are in need. And the thing is, you never know those who might be in need. In Matthew 25, the people said, Jesus, when did we see you without clothes? When did we see you sick? When did we see you, you know, suffering? And Jesus said, the least you did for one of these, you did unto me. When we do unto others, we are doing it on to God. There's a saying that charity begins at home. And giving to those in need could, be, could mean giving to your family. It could be mean giving to your brothers, giving to your sisters, giving to your parents. The Bible says that we are to honor our mother and our fathers. And I don't say this to, to show off, but I'm not preaching to you anything I don't do. My mother is sitting right there. She will tell you, I'll ask her, is there anything you need? Is there anywhere you're going? Is there anything you need money for? Charity might start with your family. From there, it might be friends, it might might be your brothers and sisters in Christ, but we are to give to those in need. And God loves it when we give generously. Now, you might be thinking, that's great, Pastor, but I'm not working. So I can't pay off my debts. I can't give to others. It's tough right now. And I understand depending on what category you fall into. And I say what category you fall into because one, we don't want you to suffer in silence. So if you are really struggling, please do let us know because we would love to help where we can. Okay, if you are really struggling, that means struggling to pay your bills, struggling to put food on your table. And I make that disclaimer because we said that as the church last time and someone came up to us and was asking us if we could invest in their business investments. I said, that's not what we meant when we said, if you're suffering, okay? So if you are really you know, finding it challenging, please do not suffer in silence. I'm fully aware as well that there are some people who are not able to work due to illness, due to disabilities and the like, and that there is support through government schemes for that. I'm fully aware of that. But then I also know that there are some people who are just not putting in the work that they need to to gain the work that they ought to It's one thing to be looking for work and be struggling. It's another thing to not be putting in the work and to actually be sitting back and thinking that God is going to make a way without you putting the work in. And I personally don't pity lazy people because my Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, it says, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. The Amplified version says it better. The Amplified version goes ghetto. Because in the Amplified it says, for even while we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. Indeed, we hear that some of you, among you, are leading an undisciplined and inappropriate life Doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies, meddling in other people's business. Someone say, "Mm mm-hmm. Now such people we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down, settle down, and work (laughs) quietly and earn their own food and other necessities, supporting themselves instead of depending on the hospitality of others. There is no room for laziness as believers. It's one thing to rely on the hospitality of others through need. It's another thing to rely on the hospitality of others through laziness. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but everyone that God called in the Bible was working before he called them. They were doing something. Whether it was Elisha plowing oxen, whether it was David tending sheep, they were putting their hands to the plow because God does not use lazy people. The servant who buried his talent in the parable of talents and did not bring fruit, did not go to work, did not generate income, Jesus called that person lazy. So even if you are unemployed, even if you are seeking work, as long as you're able to work, please make it your day job to find a job. Someone said to me one time, I don't have a job. I said, you do? He said, no, I don't. I said, you do? I said, your job is to get up, get dressed, get your CV together, go out and hand CVs, send emails, make phone calls. That is your job until you get a job. And sometimes you might need to do something you don't really want to do temporarily just as a means to get by. Don't let pride get in your way. Okay? Oh, but some of my friends are going to see me working in this. We don't care. It's more noble of you to be doing something you don't want to be doing in that moment to feed your family and pay off your bills rather than sit at home and do nothing because you're worried about the opinions of others. Don't let pride get in the way. And if you do have to do something else temporarily, make sure you have a plan for where you're going so that you don't get stuck and comfortable there. Okay. And my prayer for you is that God will give you the wisdom to earn, spend, and steward your finances wisely in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads and pray. Would you make that your prayer? Say, Lord, give me the wisdom to earn, to spend, and to steward my finances wisely. Lord, make a way where there seems to be no way thank you Lord and if you've not been wise with your money if you've not stewarded your money as you know God would want you to if you've not been faithful with the small things ask him to forgive you if you've been robbing Caesar of his taxes. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm going to change that right now. If you've been robbing him of your tithes and your offerings, say, Lord, forgive me, I'm going to change that right now. And ask him to give you the wisdom to s- spend your money wisely, to not get caught up with the Joneses, to not feel the need to impress. Anyone?